Righto. Um, can everyone hear all right? Yep. Okay, so the uh, Premier's announcement caught us a little bit unawares. Um, she brought the opening up forward by a week. And, um, well, that's a good thing, but it also means that I was unprepared. I thought this was going to be our last week of online worship. And so I'd had in my head, I was going to take the opportunity again to, you know how a few weeks back we used the service from Shepparton. I thought we might do the same thing again because it'd be my last opportunity for a while to, to um, take that sort of a break. But, um, but I think it's more important for us to, to start meeting back together again. And so that's what we've done. But usually when we've been working our way through a series and we're working our way through the, the, um, the, the letter to the Philippians that Paul wrote, but usually when we're working our way through a series at some stage, I like to be able to just read the book of the Bible and that be the message for us. And that's particularly so when it's a letter, all right? So the, what we have in our Bibles as, as the book of Philippians is actually a letter that was written to a church. And so Paul had written a letter to the church in Philippi and somebody would have gotten up in that church and read the letter to them. And something that we usually do when we're studying the Bible or when we're preaching sermons, and there's a good reason for doing it, but, but we chop it up into little bits. But by doing that, we never actually hear it, how it was actually intended. And um, so I'm gonna take the opportunity today for us to have a letter written to us, read to us. So I just want you to put your place, put yourself in the place of the church at Philippi, right? So we're not in St. George now. We're in Philippi, and the Apostle Paul, who's in prison, most probably in Rome, has written us a letter. Isn't this exciting, right? And we're going to get to hear this letter that Paul's written to us. So, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at St. George, with the overseers and the deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defence and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of the Lord. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard 
and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, sorry, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in, in my presence, but, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labour in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I'm glad and I rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered about news of you. For I, I have no one like him who, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as, as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For, for he's been longing for you all and he's been distressed because you heard that he was ill, near death. But God had mercy on him and not only on him, but, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Risking his life to complete what, what, what was lacking in your service to me. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. I write the same things to you is, sorry, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. 
As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. But whatever gain I had, I count all that as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. I do that in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not not that I've already obtained this or, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who think that they are mature think this way. And and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame. Their minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Eodia and I entreat Syntech to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have laboured side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests 
be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, don't you love this? That's the second time he said finally. <laughs> finally, brothers, he must be a preacher. What do you think? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in every situation that I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to, to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in receiving, giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. How'd you go with that letter? Did some, some well-known verses pop out at you as we read that? Yeah? I can do all things through him who strengthened me. How many times have we quoted that or said that? Did you even know where it came from? It came from the letter that Paul wrote. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Right here in this letter. So we're about halfway through in studying the letter and we're going to continue on with it next week. But um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Lord, it, it is a very miracle itself that the letter penned by somebody 
in a prison in Rome some almost 2,000 years ago survives, translated into a language that we can read it today. Lord, that, that's a miracle in itself. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I thank you that we can study your word. But I thank you also that we can read this entire letter now. And Lord, as we read that letter, we can see that the church is being commended. They're being commended for, for the way that they've been able to help Paul. They've been commended for their faith, but they've also been getting urged and encouraged to continue on in their faith. They're also being urged and encouraged to, to watch out for, for false teaching and don't get caught up in legalism and Lord, these are all the things that we need to be reminded of today. And, and Lord, I want to thank you that what was written to that church on the other side of the globe thousands of years ago is probably exactly what we need to hear now. And Lord, I just pray that we would become a church who'd be able to live by that same motto that Paul had, that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And Lord, we want to thank you that this is true for us. We can do all things according to your will as you strengthen us for those things. Lord, I just want to give you thanks today. Just as, just as Paul ended on a, on a note of, of thanksgiving, as he rejoiced greatly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, this is also how we want to live. We want to, and how we want to worship you today, rejoicing greatly. Lord, we ask that you would help us to seek first the king, kingdom of God. And you'll supply everything we need. In Jesus' name, amen.